So I'm going to talk to you guys today about words of knowledge and prophecy. Okay? All right. Nobody got up and left and said, oh, I'm not doing this. All right. So does anyone, how many of you guys have heard of that before? Yeah? Okay, good. A lot of you guys. Yay. So words of knowledge, what it kind of does, it opens a door to prepare people to hear. It's basically like um, factual information that you could only know through the Holy Spirit. I had this, I was at a training and there was about 300 people and we had to get up. These are people from all over the country, so I didn't know anybody. And you had to get up, go to them, and ask the Lord three things about their family. These are people you've never met or seen before. So that's, so I got to this, this, she was such, so sweet, and this little Asian lady, and um, I, I was like, okay, Lord, I need three things about her family. And I'd gotten too right and she's like and I said well aren't you the middle are you are you the middle child and she said nope nope I'm not I'm like oh well I got too right good job you know and but then I thought you know I'm gonna take a risk and I said wait I saw your sister here and I saw you and I saw your brother I said is your sister shorter than you and your brother taller than you and she said yes I said yeah you know sometimes the way I I heard the Lord tell me I didn't get it wrong at that moment you know, but I was like, I'm just going to take that risk. And, you know, if I look ridiculous, I look ridiculous. And she's like, how did you do that? And I said, well, I see in this picture it was really good. And then we were able to start up a dialogue, and I was able to give her a word about her life. How good is that? So that's what word of knowledge does. People are like, how did you do that? And you could be like, okay, well, let me, I'm going to give you a word of your life. I'm going to ease you right in, and you're going to meet Jesus here. You're going to meet Jesus that loves you. You know, not just words, but in action. So that's kind of what word of knowledge does. So it's a piece of information that is current, factual right now, that you couldn't know. And don't be going on Facebook trying to be like, oh, I got a word of knowledge for you, and you're just like Facebook stalked them. Let's not be that, okay? Let's be honest, you know? Um, but that you didn't know until that moment. Um, so in First Samuel 9, this is when Saul has... He's going to tell, or um, Samuel's going to tell Saul, hey, guess what? God told me that you're going, to be the, you're going to lead these people. Well, Saul didn't know any of this, and he's just out. They lost, you know, his dad's like, go find my donkey, you know. Can't find the donkey, so um, he's out looking for the donkey. So Samuel, he comes up kind of like, he tells him some things, and Saul's like, okay, okay, weirdo, you know, and just keeps it. He's like, oh, yeah, and that donkey you're looking for, don't worry, because it's, it's already found, okay? So just calm down. He's like, so then he's like, what? How'd you know that? And then he's like, oh, and by the way, you're going to lead these people. See, that word of knowledge opened up for him to hear, you know, because if someone just runs up to you and says a prophetic word, you're like, okay, you know. But when someone tells you, how did you know that nobody knew that donkey was missed, the donkey's missing, and here you are, find me in the wilderness out here looking for this, and you're going to tell me, you know, that that's already returned? I'm going to listen to what you have to say because you know something, <laughs> you know. So then he was able to listen, and we do know that Saul became the ruler of the people. So there is an example of word of knowledge in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, in John 4, you all know the story of the woman at the well. There is a bunch of words of knowledge in that. So the first thing, Jesus kind of does a reverse words of knowledge there, and he's like, hey, you know, if you want your husband to have this, go, go, go get your husband. So he, he knew that she didn't have one. That was a word of knowledge that he got. And she had the opportunity to be truthful and said, 
hey, I don't have one right now. This is the situation. He's like, yeah, that's right. That's truthful. And then she got an awesome word. And now she's like, I perceive you're a prophet. I mean, that was a pretty obvious one, but it's still, it's still, she had that word. And then it goes on that she got to go out and tell people that he was the Messiah. How awesome to be the first person, you know, the first real evangelist to go out and tell people that, you know, hey, Jesus is the Messiah. He's here. It's happening right now. Um, so words of knowledge are not a new age thing. They are, you know, as old as the I am, you know. It, they have been around Old Testament, New Testament. This is something that God gave us so that we could use it, so that we could walk in love and walk people into encounters with God. So, so God gives us gifts. We don't earn them. You don't work for a gift. If someone gives you a gift, it's a gift. You work maybe for your job to get your paycheck and things like that, but a gift is given, okay? So God's like, here, I gave it to you. Your job is to unwrap it and to learn how to use it. If it sits on the table, you know, you could be like, awesome, I got this awesome new, like, ninja blender, and it chops everything up. But if I just let it sit there, nothing's getting chopped up, and I'm not getting any, you know, ice cream smoothies or shakes or anything like that, right? doesn't happen. I have to, it's a gift, but I have to do something and use it and do something with it. So we got to be bold and excited. Start using our spiritual muscles. Do something with the gifts he's already given us. He said, here, they're all available to you. You know, I created you. You know, we're created by God, which is everybody that's ever walked the earth. That's, you know, human being. You were created by God. Whether you know it, believe it or not, you were. So he's saying, hey, take these gifts. Use that spiritual muscle. You know, we can't be afraid, like, I'm not going to try because I might miss it. I miss it all the time. All the time. But then, even when I miss it, if I keep going, you know what? There's a word of knowledge just changed someone's life. Can't be afraid to miss it. Step out, celebrate that. You know, I remember when we were practicing this, at a training, every time you missed it, everyone stood up and clapped for you, and they're like, you took a risk. You were willing to look foolish for somebody else, so that someone else would encounter God. How awesome is that? You know, there's people in my life that probably took that risk that I would know about Jesus, you know? They could be like, well, I could just sit here and not say anything, or I'm going to talk to her, I'm going to tell her, I'm going to say that. Practicing makes us, we get better, we get more in tuned. But it has an element of risk. And the problem is we, we get scared of risk. I might look silly, you know, I might be embarrassed. I'm embarrassed every day by myself sometimes. <laughs> but I just am like, you know what, I'm going to be embarrassed. Get over it, you know. It might be painful because it's like, you know, someone might yell at you. I've had people yell at me in my face. I remember standing there one time, and this is long before I even knew Word of Knowledge, and I was in, um, I was in band, you know. I was a drummer, so I don't know if I was really in band or, you know. But, um, and, you know, I was, I was talking about Jesus and, and things like that, and I was just sitting there, and I kind of, like, looked at this guy, and I thought, you know, I was thinking some things about his family, and we're in high school. This is way back. So, um, and all of a sudden, I'm just... You know, I'm talking to my friend about Jesus, and this guy comes up to my face. Well, he's taller than me, and he's, like, nose to nose with me and, like, screams. This is in a classroom with, like, 100 people. He's like, I don't 
blah, 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 blank, blank, blank. Fuck your Jesus and quit talking about him. And I don't want you bringing him here anymore. And I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't talk about Jesus. <laughs> it was quite scary. I've had that happen quite a few times. Um, so now I'm like, oh, it's okay. They're just, they just really need Jesus. But, you know, if we're scared to take that risk, like, well, I'm in a public place and, you know, I'm talking about Jesus, I'm living it out, I'm demonstrating it, you know, and people aren't going to like that. No, they're not. Guess what? If, you, if they don't know the Holy Spirit, he's not going to seem friendly to them. Because when you're around the Holy Spirit and he starts moving, what happens is we feel uncomfortable in our sin. Because he's saying, I don't want you to live there. I got something better for you. So we don't, it doesn't feel good. So not everyone's going to be like, oh, it just feels so great to, you know, hear about Jesus. No, if they're, if they're fighting and wrestling with receiving the Holy Spirit, it's going to be uncomfortable. Um, so we need to start stirring it up. What are we doing with it? Like I said, what did you guys do last week with, you know, word of wisdom and word of faith? Are you, did you do anything with those gifts? Did you build it in any way? Did you strengthen? Did you say, I'm believing for this? You know, I'm listening to this, and God's going to do this for me. You know, I'm seeing things happening. Or do we just say, well, that was a good word. I wonder what's going to happen next week. I wonder if they're going to have those good Milano cookies there. I really hope they do. I hope I can get there before everyone else. Maybe I should sit in the back. You know, I don't know. What are you doing? Are you letting it sit on the... I mean, they are quite good. But stirring it up. Don't be afraid to do something that you do nothing. I'm afraid to pray and so I I love I always tell people don't stand in front of me like at youth group and stuff because what happens kids what happens if you stand in front of me when it's time to pray who gets to pray the person that's in front of me so there's like a big gap I'm just joking but what are we doing if we do nothing we can't expect to be like wow I'm just seeing powerful things happen because once you get it right when you get a word of knowledge if If you haven't experienced that, the first time you get it, you're like, this is amazing! Because you know you didn't know. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter if anyone else knows you didn't know. You're like, I literally did not know that. My mind is like, wow. Actually, mine does that every single time. Because I think I'm like a little kid. Am I like a little kid? Yeah, I'm like a little kid. Yeah. (laughs) The whole front row. Yeah. Um, You know, so like every time. No matter if something little or big, I'm like, this is awesome. I didn't know this, and I know this because, you know, God gave this to me. But once you get that little taste of a word of knowledge, or even you get a prophetic word and it comes to pass in someone's life, you're just like, that was awesome. I want to do that again. So to be able to do it again, you have to keep doing it. Repetition. Build something. Take it to the gym. Work it out. You know what? You can't go and pick a weight up and be like, I'm going to get ripped up in here. Okay, that's good for the week. No, repetition. You know, you got, you got to lift those weights lots of times. You don't pick one weight up and be like, I'm done. That was good. Good workout. Whew. Oh, I need my energy drink now. No, you need to do repetition. We need to practice, repeat, risk. You know what? I remember the first time I went back to the gym and I'm like, man, I used to like squat like a lot of weight. And like I go there and I'm like, I'm going to start with the bar because I'm, I don't want to take the risk. I'm going to be embarrassed. And then I thought, no, I can do this. And I put the weight on. I'm like, yes, I did it. I did it. And then I just, I had, I started with like two reps. 
And then the next week I did three, and then I got up to like 10. I'm like, yes, I did it. But I had to take that risk and be like, well, it's kind of embarrassing if I go to lift it. And I'm like, and nothing happens. Or I'm afraid I'm going to drop it, and then I'm going to go bing, 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 bing. Everyone's like, you know, looks at you. But I'm like, I'm going to take that risk. I'm going to start doing it. The same is with your gift. It grows. It gets bigger. You're stronger. Pretty soon you're like this powerhouse. I have people that I look at and I'm thinking, how do they do that? Everywhere they go, like, their whole life is just words of knowledge and prophetic words. I feel like from the time they wake up to the time they sleep, that's all that, you know, download constantly. I'm like, they're powerhouses. But when you begin to grow in that gift, you're going to be that powerhouse because God says, I can trust you with the little things. Because I can trust you with the little things, I'm going to give you more opportunities and more and more and more, and you're going to grow. You have to have something, you know, something for God to grow on. If you put that gift in the closet, you know, you start pouring the milk into the blender and it's not there. It just makes a mess. There's got to be something for it to grow on. You know, words of knowledge is that breaker gift. It opens up for people to encounter God. You know, these are powerful manifesting gifts that the Holy Spirit gave us. Powerful. You know, they show us who Jesus is, why he came, and the power that he exudes. So why have we not? How come no one taught us? How come no one really talked about this? How come, you know, how come we just didn't hear very often? This is kind of something that's like, oh, you're one of those people that believe in prophecy. You can sit over there. (laughs) You know, oh, nice, you know. God says, these are powerful gifts. Use them. I gave them to you. Church, how come we hid these away for so long? We have seen, because of this gift that we've been using in this body, we have seen healings. We have seen deliverances. We have seen people being set free in areas of bondage in their life. But we don't really want that in our churches. Yes, we do. We want all of the gifts of the Spirit. Because somebody is going to receive something amazing from the Holy Spirit because of that. So why, why, why do we go places and we don't even know? I didn't even know my whole life I've operated in this gift and didn't know since five years of my life. So 30 years I went without it because nobody would tell me. Because that's scary. I can't control that gift. You're not meant to control the Holy Spirit. That's not your job. And good luck trying to if you think it is. Okay? Not going to happen. See, you know what all it does? That, that pit I was talking about in your stomach, that's all you get. When you try to control God, when you try to control how he works, how he moves, what he's doing, when he's going to do it. Man, if I can give someone a word of knowledge and it sets them free and they get healed, oh yeah, that must be the devil. No! The enemy never does something good for you. So why are we like, oh, don't do that here, you know, it might scare someone. Well, that person, it probably did scare them because you know what? They were sick and now they're healed. That, that'll blow your mind. That was super good. I did not have any of that until that moment, so thank you, Lord. Um, 
It's meant to serve the world and express love. It's not meant just for us and just the church. Those gifts are not just meant for us to just operate in this little building or another little building in our little group and be like, oh, I'll give you a word now. You know, I do it with people out in public that don't even know the Lord all the time. I don't care. That, that's the way, that, because God says this is for us to serve. Um, we did this experiment of, how many, we know there's a lot of missing, lost children. We got to do this experiment with words of knowledge. And we actually were able to identify the car. This is recently, back in May. We were actually able to identify the car as a collective group with words of knowledge that that child was abducted from. And they found it two days later after we, we did this exercise and worked on that. How amazing is that? That's how we serve the world. When the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, we're saying, God gave us gifts. We're going to use it. We're going to take it back. Guess what? If you can find missing children with a word of knowledge, I'm going to tell you about St. Nicholas. How many of you guys know Santa Claus? Well, he is St. Nick. Do you know how he got his sainthood? Through a word of knowledge. Because you know what? Children were being abducted. And stolen, and nobody could figure out how they were being taken. And he got a word of knowledge saying, they're being smuggled out in pickle barrels. He gave that word of knowledge, and it changed their entire nation, and those children were set free. Word of knowledge, he's a saint. One word of knowledge changed an entire nation, because their children were no longer being taken from them. So man, that's how we can serve the world. With That's just one of the ways... We can serve the world. And man, that opened up for people who were like, I want to know what you know. Tell me about this because you just saved my child's life. I will listen to anybody. If my child was in danger, I'll listen to anybody that gives me information like that. How good would it be for the church to come in with that answer and say, hey, I got that answer. I know what's going on said, I want you to serve the world. I want you to express love. It's not a gift to make us look powerful. It's a gift. It's a powerful gift for the, to the world to show Jesus is alive. He, not, he, wasn't a, he didn't pass tense. He didn't live. He's alive. And he's doing what he did 2,000 years ago. He doesn't change. He is still doing. He's still setting free. He still has a plan, a purpose, and a destiny for us today. There's terrible things that are happening in this world, church. What is our answer? Are we going to bring the answer because we get it through the Holy Spirit? Are we going to let everyone else just think about and complain about and talk about, well, this could happen. We have the answer. Let's access it. Let's start accessing it. 300 people getting together, praying collectively, asking the Lord for a word about where this child is. And within two days, we find a vehicle. Could you imagine if the church as a whole began to believe that the gifts that God give us are powerful and we began to do, what would we be able to do? My mind can't even wrap around that, you guys. It's amazing. But if we don't practice it, you know, we had people that were like way off when we did it. So then basically what we did, we took 300 people. Everyone that had, you know, it was a dark car, so we took that half and we just kept condensing it down to the majority as we practiced and practiced. Okay, but it took practice. The first time we did it, it was like all over the board. 
okay? It takes practice. And you start hearing, you're like, I know that I heard right, because that felt the exact same way when this happened. We practice it. We don't want to just run into the streets being like, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. You know what? We all sometimes think that's crazy when we see people. Because you're like, well, you know what? You're telling me about Jesus is Lord over and over and just shouting it out and saying amen on Facebook and I'll pray for you. And they're like, my situation has not changed. Quit telling me about a Jesus that does nothing. That's what the world is saying. Quit talking about Jesus that does nothing. Because you're telling me, I'll pray for you. Oh, amen, amen, amen. You know what? To someone who has not experienced the power of the living Christ, amen means nothing to them. They're saying, feed me, clothe me, take care of me. I'm depressed. Set me free. I am sad. I have no joy in my life. That's what I need. Show me a Jesus who operates in that. I'm on fire today, you guys. I feel, I'm feeling like God is going to do some amazing things. But church, that's what we've got to quit going around saying we're a Christian. We need to demonstrate the answer that he is. He gave us gifts. He gave us numerous opportunities and ways to demonstrate the answer that he is. Not just with our mouth, but demonstrating. Darlene, I'm going to pick on you. But you got that healing, and I've been able to use that testimony probably five times this week alone. And I'm like, this is a person that lives in your town right here. And I said, through a word of knowledge, she got people like, what are words of knowledge? Bam, it opened up to people, and they're saying, wow, I want that. Wow, that's really happening? Yes, it is. You can talk to her. It's not somebody out in the distance. She's right here. How awesome is that? Because we need them to have ears that are ready to hear. And if their ears aren't, if, if, we're just, if we're just carrying our Bible around and being like, I just want to tell you about Jesus. And you know what? And then we leave them in pain and sickness and despair. Their ears are not ready to hear. Give them a word of knowledge. Open their ears and they're like, could you say that again? We want to open it up. So I'm going to talk to you. So that's words of knowledge. So the great thing is words of knowledge opens it up so that you can what? Give a prophetic word. And you know prophetic words are always to what? Build up and courage and comfort. Guess what? The body as a whole is not meant to give correction and directional words. We're not just supposed to be. And if God shows you something negative about somebody's life, he probably did that so you can pray into that situation, not so you can spread it around or make them feel condemnation. So I'm letting you know that right now. So, prophecy. We're going to pursue gifts that maybe, if you're like, I don't really know, I haven't really experienced that, great, because now you're going to have the opportunity to do that. God says it's a greater gift. If you don't like that it's a greater gift, too bad. God said it. Not me. He said it. 1 Corinthians 12, right? 12. He talked about the gifts, and he said, yes. Yes. That's right. That's a good word. It's a good word. That's right. Practicing risk. It takes a risk to speak out in front of people, doesn't it? Since you're going to be up here preaching in a couple weeks. (laughs) Don't tell me you want to preach because if you're not serious about it, too bad. First thing you say is the answer that I take. 
careful what you say to me. No, that's exactly right. We need to take that risk. So, you know, if you're like, well, I don't know if I believe in prophecy too bad. Well, God does so. And he says it's a greater gift. He gave us gifts in different measures, and he said, that's a greater gift. You should all want it. You should all pursue it. We're building a prophetic community here. There's lots of different ways that it works. We're not going to look the same. We're not going to act the same. We're not going to get words the same. That's okay because it's a community. You need all types, okay? Because we're going to open doors. We didn't even know God wanted open in this town and in these families and things like that. So I'm going to tell you, okay, so there's like eight different lists of gifts of the Spirit, that different types of gifts of the Spirit in the Bible, okay? So we hear, we're going over the nine manifestations, which are like active gifts. And then you guys have heard, we call it the fivefold, but it's like the ministry gifts, apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, and teachers. Okay, so I'm going to tell you, so if you don't think that prophecy is super important to God, I'm going to explain to you why it is. So the word apostle is in... The Bible. This is for you guys that are teachers. You're going to like this because I got a lot of numbers and facts. So, um, apostle is in there 80 times. Good. Okay, so, and then I think pastor. Do you know that the word, the actual word pastor, you know how many times it's in the Bible? One time. One time. But, you know, in America, everybody's a pastor. You've got a pastor, you've got an associate pastor, you've got a youth pastor, you've got a people pastor, you've got, you know, the pampered pets pastor. I don't know. You know, like... We have a pastor for everything. You're a pastor of the clothes drive. You're a pastor of the food drive. You're Okay, we get that you want to take care of people, okay? But it's in there one time. And I'll even give you shepherd, okay? So if you put them together, you know, shepherd's in there 196 times. Okay, so I'll give that to you. Teacher's in there 162 times. Evangelist, which everybody loves evangelists. We're like, I want to go on a mission trip, and that just seems so awesome. You know how many times that's in there? Three, because we're all evangelists, really. Um, So, and then the word prophet actually has seven different words in the Bible for it. So I'm only going to give you one. So the word prophet is in there 463 times. Just that one word. We're, We're just, I'm cutting out the other six words for it, okay? 463 times. Seems like God has a, there's a pretty big emphasis on that. That's why he calls it a greater gift. That's a big emphasis compared. So the other ones all together are 436 times. If you add, so God's saying, this is important. and I'm, So it shows biblical emphasis because it can be the most edifying, revealing. It's available for everybody. It's most used in scripture, but it's the least used, least accesses, least taught, and least accepted. Don't be talking about prophecy in church. That's how we, what are you, are you a psychic? No, psychics are just using prophecy. They just don't, they're just, they're just accessing the wrong power. That's it. That's all it is, knowing something that's, that God's already set into motion or is going to be coming. So, you know, we're afraid that we're going to look like a psychic. I'm not afraid I'm going to look like a psychic. Guess what? I'm going to give someone a word and it sets them free. They're going to be really excited and happy and they're going to say, I want to go where you're going. Well, I'm following Jesus, so come on. Amen. You know, in Corinthians, prophecy is about loving people. God loves people. In prophecy, all it is is the ability to know the heart of the Father, the feelings of God, the ability to recognize his thoughts, his heart, and his voice. That's all it is. The ability to recognize God's heart and his thoughts and his voice. 
to be able to distinguish between him and whatever else is talking to you because there's always things talking to you. If you have women in your household, you know there's always things talking to you. (laughs) Matt has three of us. He only has girls, so he's so blessed, aren't you? Yeah. You know, there's people talking to you. There's things talking to you. There's your own thoughts talking to you. The enemy likes to slip things in there. And then you have God. So it's like, it's prophecy is about recognizing the thoughts and the heart and the voice of God. But you know, we know in part because, and so we prophesy in part. We don't have the whole picture. You know, why can't we just, why can't one person just be good at it and be like, bam, 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 good, we're good. Okay? God's like, no, 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 you've got to work together. We're a family. We're going to act like it. Because if we knew, we know in part, because if we could comprehend everything that God is and the power that he has, our heads would explode. There is no possible way in this human body to be able to comprehend the love of God, the thoughts of God, the feelings of God. It's impossible. So he said, I gave you each a little part And you work together, and it's a whole. So that's why we all need that. We all need to use it. He says it's greater because you need each other. It's a greater gift because it helps us access all the other gifts. All gifts are manifested when you hear from God, right? Faith. You're believing, hey, this is a word of faith. God spoke it in his word. That's his voice. So that's why prophecy is just God speaking to things that are coming, future things. So that's his voice. So if you, you need to hear his voice to have faith. If you get a word of wisdom, that's because you're good at hearing from the Lord and you're able to recognize that. So that opens, it opens all of the other gifts wide open for you. That's all it is. Prophecy is hearing what God is saying about a current or future situation or issue. Something he wants to speak into you because he wants to encourage you and say, okay, the situation you're in is not from me. A little bit of you, a little bit of the enemy, that's not from me, okay? I don't put you in bad situations. I don't give you bad things. But let me tell you what is coming, I'm going to give you a word that's going to encourage you. And I'm going to send Zach to give it to you. Or, you know, I'm going to send Marani to give you that word. See, you're in the front row. He's saying, I got something to tell you that's coming, and I want you to have a hope for it. And I want you to begin to work towards it because I've got a destiny for you, and I want you to stay on that path. I'm going to direct your steps. Be part of the prophetic promise be active in our prophetic community if you're like i never get that that's okay because guess what on the ninth we're going to start an awesome fun time of words of knowledge and prophecy and it's going to be really great because we're going to all get it wrong you know what i love whenever i teach this i'm usually the worst at it like god kind of just takes that grace and says i'm gonna give it to everyone else so that they can see that you can get it wrong, you take risks, and you can be embarrassed, and you've had a lot of training. He said, because you know what? I want them to be encouraged. There you go. So 